Good morning. Good morning, Stuart. I grew up in a home where the truth, sorry, there we go, sorry. I grew up in a home where the truth was not told very often by my mother. I've yet to figure out if it was because she was afraid of the consequences of telling the truth, or if she actually convinced herself that the lies that she spoke were true. All I know was that I promised myself that if I ever became a mother, I would always tell the truth about everything, no matter how hard the conversations might have to be. In many ways, this was incredibly freeing, until it wasn't. (laughs) Conversations about where babies come from, or who leaves presents under the tree, or who puts money under pillows for teeth, or why do mommies or daddies have to live in separate houses? I always knew that telling my children the truth would model the relationship that I wanted to have with each of them. But there were challenges. What is the age-appropriate answer to any given question? And how much is too much to share? So I created for myself a system of layering especially when my kids were younger. Most of my responses to them began with, well, what do you think? This simple question gave me a moment to catch my breath and decide how much of the truth I would reveal in my answer to them. Through the course of their growing up years, the entire truth was always revealed. It just might not all be revealed at one time. Their maturity, or even lack of it at the time, always allowed me to know when the next bit of information should be shared. The truth was always told when the time was right. So this morning, as we read the first line of our gospel reading, I was encouraged to hear that Jesus and I may have had a similar parenting philosophy. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus made a conscious decision as to how much of the truth he would reveal now and how much would have to wait until the disciples would be ready for the next bit of information. They were already having trouble wrapping their heads and their hearts around the fact that Jesus would be leaving them. And I imagine that Jesus knew that anything more would just have to wait. I wonder if the disciples questioned Who would tell them the things that they could not yet bear, since Jesus would not be there? How would they know if the messages were true or not? Thankfully, as readers this morning, we get a little bit of clarity. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Unfortunately for the disciples, they would have to wait until after Jesus' resurrection 
and the day of Pentecost for the full meaning of this verse to become a little clearer. To know that the Holy Spirit would take Jesus' words and declare them to the disciples. This spirit of truth would now lead these disciples, lead this community where it needed to go. Jesus concludes this part of his farewell discourse with, all that God has is Jesus's. For this reason, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will take what is Jesus's and declare it to us. This Sunday, as we celebrate the Holy Trinity, it does not surprise me that people, myself included, wrestle with this doctrine of the church. The content, the concept of the Trinity remains a holy mystery. This doctrine came about around the first century from believers who sought to find language to express their three-in-one God. The Trinity has been explained to young children in Sunday school classrooms as everything from the various states of water to the parts of an apple. This triune God, simply, simply stated, reminds us that God who created the universe is the God who was born and lived among us in Jesus and is the same God whose Holy Spirit moves in us. The same Holy Spirit that we read about in Proverbs this morning, that was around from the beginning, before the mountains had been shaped and the hills brought forth, before the creation of the earth, the fields and the soil, the same spirit that was beside God like a master worker, God's daily delight. I am grateful that the same Holy Spirit that was promised to the disciples has been given to us, that God's spirit has been poured into our hearts. But just like the disciples had to have wondered I wonder, too, how we know if the messages we hear today are true or not. I believe it requires discernment, a careful examination of the message we hear and the inner motivations that we feel. Is what I'm hearing consistent with Jesus' own words and actions? Does the message conform to the teaching and the life of Jesus? Does the message care about the things that Jesus cares about? Does the message carry out the kind of ministry that reflects Jesus's ministry? Does it draw me closer to God or make me want to move further away? What does this message produce in my own spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, hope? Or does the message produce contempt, discontent, and anxiety in my spirit? In the past 48 hours, I have had some of the most difficult conversations with my children that I ever wish to have. 
I have found that the older that they get, the less I know. The more that I need to rely on the Holy Spirit of truth that lives both in me and gratefully in them. I find myself a lot more silent and a lot less quick to speak, relying on the power of the Spirit to fill the void. Speaking the truth has in some ways become easier with them. However, it's the questions that have gotten harder. I have learned that silence is powerful. Being present without having any answers. Just me and the Holy Spirit and my children. Our Romans passage this morning says, we know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This suffering is not desirable, or to be pursued, or to be wished on anyone. But when the challenge comes, and sadly, the challenge will come, each of us must make a decision to seek peace, real peace, with God and real peace with ourselves. Life, health, and hope can come even in the midst of the suffering as we do our best to endure. With the help of the Holy Spirit comforting and leading and transforming us every step of the way. And not only can we find hope, but quite possibly, we can give hope. After Jesus left this world, the Spirit of Truth led the disciples and the community. What if we all took a moment this week to stop and spend time with our Creator, Redeemer, and sanctifier, listening for the truth that has been promised to be poured into each of us. How might that change our communities, our church community, our families, our relationships? This week, in all that you do, will you call on the spirit of truth and wait in the silence? For the Spirit to show up, being open to fresh encounters with the God who loves you. Amen.